Good morning, fans of Crossling, Crossing Wrestling Entertainment. Uh, as you more than likely heard over the last day, uh, we have lost an uh, absolute legend and, and a superstar in the likes of John Huber, as known as Mr. Brody Lee, and to many known as Luke Harper. He died at the age of 41 uh, as a shock to the wrestling world. And Tyler and I obviously wanted to start off this episode by remembering him uh, going through a few of the social media messages put out by his friends, his family in the wrestling community from the likes of all of the WWE stars, all of the AEW stars, uh, no matter which company that anyone is in, they were obviously loved and a part of the wrestling family and uh, Luke Harper, Brody Lee, John Huber, whoever you'd like to refer to him was definitely a huge part of Tyler and I's wrestling uh, community and our wrestling lives as we grew up in high school loving the Wyatt family. We grew up uh, in so many moments and seeing him really become this superstar of a wrestler that he grew to be. Uh, I remember being in high school and my dad and I went to a house show at Bridgeport's Webster Bank Arena. And, and right there you see the match we saw was the Shield versus the Wyatt family. And this was the first time I honestly think I saw Luke Harper live. And I was a big Wyatt family fan, even though uh, everyone was rooting for the Shield because they were the baby faces. I really liked the Wyatt family, though more more so didn't like the Shield, as Tyler would know. Uh, but L Luke Harper has always been to me a standout in that faction, and really any time he's in the ring, uh, his sidewalk slam is second to none, and I, I don't think anyone will honestly ever be able to to do one like he does. Um, I think my biggest memory of him is. Whenever he would do something, a man of his size, as we would say, shouldn't be able to do. And he did it with the most elegant grace. And he did it so easily and made it look so cool, whether it was a suicide dive or any other type of maneuver that we would normally see someone who was small and agile. However, he's massive and agile. And uh, no one could hold a candle to the performances that he's been able to put on in the ring. Oh, this picture right here is... Uh... The one that has made me the most sad uh, by far of him going over to see his family uh, post-match. I believe this is still when he was with WWE uh, because his son is very young here. Um, obviously, this is a, a massive shock. Uh, Noah called me with no preface or warning yesterday, uh, which usually he'll be like, hey, are you around first? And then he'll call me. And so I answered and I did my normal Mr. Cross uh, that I do when I answer the phone when Noah's calling and he said, Hey, um, can you confirm this for me? I just got a report from bleacher report, uh, that Brody Lee died. Um, and I stopped everything I was doing immediately and looked it up. And this is the first thing I found. Um, so we will get to this on the other side of the break, uh, from AEW, but I just wanted to, uh, give my, favorite moments quickly before we move on um, this moment here with uh, Mr. Brody Lee winning the TNT championship from Cody, absolutely decimating him uh, and showing us that he does belong in this business. He's not a washed up has been from WWE. He is here and he was one of the biggest names in AEW uh, to only pass away a, a short six to five to six months after this picture was taken is absolutely heartbreaking and then this moment here uh was a moment that us wwe fans were craving uh was for 
Luke Harper, as he was formerly known as, to get his first title push. Um, so it is very, very uh, hard for us to believe that someone like uh, John can be gone so early in his wrestling career, only 41 years old. And uh, God, we just wish uh, the their family the absolute best, the Huber family the absolute best um, going forward. And uh, his legacy will live on in AEW and WWE for forever. Um, but with that, let's get to the show. Let's get out of this uh, little bit of a funk, and we will only talk about it briefly when we get started here. Crossum Wrestling Entertainment Podcast. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. As we said, we would get into the AEW action, but first we wanted to put up the blurb that AEW had posted, and we'll give you a minute to quickly read through that. I can read it out loud if you'd like, Noah. Sure. Um, so the All Elite Wrestling family is heartbroken in an industry filled with good people. John Huber was exceptionally respected and beloved in every way. A fierce and captivating talent, a thoughtful mentor, and simply a very kind soul that starkly contradicted his persona as Mr. Brody Lee. John's love of his wife, Amanda, and children, Brody and Nolan, was evident to all of us who were fortunate to spend time with him. And we send our love and support to his beautiful family today and always. John's popularity among his peers and influence on the wrestling wrestling world was worldwide and transcended AEW. So this loss will be felt by many for a long time. We were privileged at AEW to call John Huber a brother, a friend, and one of our own. That was the statement AEW made last night after learning the passing of John Huber. Yes, and, and honestly, obviously very well said by AEW, and it's uh, obviously a tragic and it's traumatic, and, and the biggest word I think I can describe this as is shocking. Um, so we'll keep this image in our background this episode as opposed to our Cross from Wrestling Entertainment logo, just so we can make sure we keep uh, Mr. Brody Lee, as we'll refer to him, and obviously his family um, in our thoughts and prayers, uh, obviously today and as we move forward, as we all are, all are in this wrestling community together. So with that being said, let's hop into the AEW action from the Holiday Bash episode. Tyler, they kicked it off quick. What do you think with this one? Yeah, this is not where I expected this match to be. Um, mm. I, I was very happy to see these uh, that top flight get the, uh, the kickoff. Mm. Uh, and they were wearing those awesome armbands. They had the BLM armbands on for this yes. episode. And uh, it was very, very cool to see them being allowed to represent BLM like that. Uh, and I thought this match uh, was a good way to kick off the night, especially how it ended. Definitely. And like as we always say, the tag team formula for starting a show never fails. So yeah. AW wasted little time trotting out the big guns to kick off Wednesday's show as Le Champion, Chris Jericho, partnered with Inner Circle teammate MJF, new Inner Circle teammate, may I add, to battle the team of Dante and Darius Martin of Top Flight. The up-and-coming babyface tandem dominated early, frustrating the heels until MJF and Jericho downed Dante and worked him over, all while taunting his brother. 
Darius tagged in, unleashing a flurry of offense on the heels that had NJF reeling. Dante scored a near fall off the roll-up, uh, but the salt of the earth delivered a powerbomb, followed by a lion salt from Jericho for a close two count. Darius dropped uh, his opponents with a double DDT and appeared to be rolling after sending Jericho into the timekeeper's position. Yeah. Only, yeah, which was great. Great spot. <laughs> it, was, it was very sloppy, which actually oh, yeah. made it look good. Mm -hmm. Like he didn't go cleanly over the table. He like no. took everything down with him. It was, <laughs> it was messy. <laughs> Only to be brought down uh, face first into the ring apron. MJF capitalized, delivering a heat seeker pile driver for a pinfall victory. Uh, Jake Hager grabbed the microphone after the match, taking exception to Wardlow's absence of late. He said every member of the inner circle has done his job except for him. Mm -hmm. After getting it uh, cleared with Tony Khan, Hager revealed he will batter, battle Wardlow on next week's show. Wow. I mean, so much for being having worked out this steering contest they always have. Yeah, no, that I, I was very shocked. And remember the graphic we had just showed said Chris Jericho and MJF with Wardlow mm -hmm. when in fact it was Hager who was down there with them. Uh, and Hager obviously has had issues with Wardlow for the last month or two. Um, they still, even though they said they'd stop staring at each other, can't seem to do that. Uh, and it set up quite the match for uh, for next week. That honestly, there's a lot of cool stuff happening next week. Oh yeah, I am really looking forward to that match. Yeah, I I'm definitely looking forward to that. There's there's one match that I'm greatly looking forward to, but I think you could guess what that one is. But we'll we'll get no, to that I have, one later. I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't know what <laughs> what you could possibly mean by a match you're looking forward to. Oh yes, oh yes. <laughs> so with that being said, great way to open up the show. Uh, there's two short segments here, so I'll jump into these ones. And yeah. we got to see Tony Schiavone interview Sting uh, for the third time. So yes. listen. It just keeps happening, Noah. Uh-oh. Uh, I think we lost Noah's voice. Hold on, everybody. Noah has cut out. I Let me just get – we'll get Noah back in a moment. I'm sorry about that, everybody. It looks like his internet is uh, diving out on him. Um, but, yes, we got Tony in the ring again for a Sting segment. Uh, so Sting would join Tony Schiavone for an interview uh, that the company had seemingly been advertising for a while. Sting recalled his introduction to the main event scene after a chance encounter with Dusty Rhodes and how seeing his son Cody – made him really want to be a part of AEW. But the interview didn't get to get off its feet very much because Team Taz would interrupt the promo. Taz himself said he was tired of the nostalgia of Shivani's It's Sting! calls. Uh, and he, while Ricky Starks, Starks was also threatening uh, that the icon would be hurt if he kept sticking his nose in their business. The uh, the faction threatened to hit the ring when the arena darkened, and we have been rejoined by Mr. Cross, but when the lights came back on, Darby Allen would stand side-by-side side with Sting. Team Taz took the high road and left as vigilantes, both old and young, exchanged a look of understanding in the center of the ring. Uh, Noah, this was intense, huh? Uh, definitely. I, I'd agree it was intense. Um, I like the segment, and as I was saying before, sorry yeah. about that, Okay. Um, as I was saying before, I'm a little over the. I, I like how they where they're going with the Sting and Darby angle, like that. I like. Let's let's get them in a promo together, or backstage segment, anything. I'm just kind of over the whole 
Like so it almost sounds like they're going to tag. Like they're they're turning yeah, them into yeah. teammates rather than opponents. Uh, and Team Taz, I kind of wish would just kind of butt their heads out of it uh, and let the uh, Sting and well, uh, Darby Alley take place. Yeah, yeah, they'll, they'll take place. But I feel like uh, maybe maybe their first obstacle will Defeat be a Team common Taz. enemy. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that, I that guess that's possible. Work. You get Darby and Sting versus Starks and. You know, one of the guys from Team Taz as well yes. uh, could be Hobbs, uh, but who, who knows? Um, no, see now, as much as I as much as I like that idea of them having a common enemy, I don't see Darby and Sting like defeating Hobbs or Darby and Sting. Honestly, they defeating can, Brian they Cage. Pin Starks though. I think that yeah, that would be okay. That's Starks true. has taken plenty plenty of pinfalls in the in this uh, division already. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't think that would necessarily hurt him. Um, but I don't know. I, I just kind of wish they would let Sting have a singles wrestling storyline right off the bout, right off the bat here. Uh, and I don't fully believe uh, that the four of them or five with uh, Hook would back down just because Darby showed up with a skateboard. Uh, mm. So didn't fully believe that angle all the way through, but. It was cool. Suddenly, yes. Darby appeared, so that was nice. After he was sitting up in the rafters, uh, or in not the rafters, but the the nosebleeds, uh, so that was cool. I just don't quite believe that uh, those massive men of Brian Cage and Powerhouse Hobbs were like <gasps> skateboard. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, sorry, sorry. No, no, I just I got don't. You. <laughs> so with that being said, let's hop into something that I don't I didn't have many issues with. If Tyler, you want to take us away with Jurassic Express versus the Dark Order. Yeah, absolutely. As you all know, uh they are Jurassic Express is uh one of mine and Noah's favorite tag teams in uh AEW. In fact, uh our co-host Kyle got me a Jurassic Express t-shirt for Christmas this year. So thank you, Kyle. Uh I will definitely be wearing that on one of these episodes. But Jurassic Express's Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and Marco Stunt would battle the Dark Order's Colt Cabana, Allen Five Angels, and uh, number 10, Vance, in a big six-man tag team match. Uh, the babyfaces started red hot, out-wrestling the opposition with their unique offense. Cabana ran interference to halt the opposition's momentum, allowing Vance to deliver a slingshot-release German suplex to Jungle Boy and seize control for his team. Luchasaurus would tag uh, into the match, unleashing an onslaught on the opposition, slowed only by a perfectly timed bit of interference that prevented a pinfall. At ringside, Cabana once again, once again in the action, sent Luchasaurus into the ring, uh, into the ring post rather, and the heels appeared on their way to a victory. Marco Stunt, however, would send Angels to his partners, knocking Vance and Cabana off of the apron. Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy put Angels down with an assisted powerbomb for the win. The post-promo, uh, post-match promo, post promo, though, was interrupted by Tully Blanchard and FTR. The Hall of Famer issued a challenge for January 6th, saying we're on a quest to get those championships back and we're not going to allow dinosaurs to hold us back. Blanchard would warn them. He ended by threatening a flashback to the 80s if, uh, if Stunt interfered. Uh, so I think they're saying Marco Stunt is not going to be a part of that match. Uh, Mm -hmm. And saying that, uh, just so you know, I still was able to go back in the day and I still got it now. So if Marco Stunt interferes, you can bet your ass Tully Blanchard is going to get interfere in this match as well. 
mm-hmm. um, as we've seen Tully do in the past uh, to help them win these titles in that title uh, eliminator. So, Noah, what'd you think? I thought it was a great match. As you and I, as you mentioned before, you and I love Jurassic Express. Uh, they're great. They're always fun to watch. I really love Marco Stunt. Uh, yeah. I think he's hilarious. He was good, too. He, yeah. he, you know, people were, and sadly, making fun of him um for how small he was uh for uh muscle mass like he didn't have any muscle mass on him so he's been working out he's been getting lean and now he's got some muscle mass on him i was very excited to see him in action again so marco good on you we're waiting to see you uh wear that title around your shoulder because i don't think you, uh, you put it on your waist it might fall down so over the <laughs> shoulder is probably the best way to do it <laughs> oh, gosh. Just, just what i thought i was like oh that's nice tyler i was being nice there you go. All right. So, yes, as I was saying, I, I really enjoyed this one. Another good tag team match. Seems to be, the honestly, the formula for AEW. Um, it's like, oh, tag team match. That's right. Okay, let's do that. Uh, yeah. Which I'm not complaining. Not complaining because they're good. And especially yeah. I mean, they have a lot of really good teams, in, in, especially with Jurassic Express and Dark Order. has a lot of depth in Dark Order. So it's always fun right. to watch. And I'm happy to see Jurassic Express back on Wednesday night TV. Oh, for the love of everything, let's keep him there, please. About time. Can we just uh, can we keep these guys here, please? Jungle Boy, especially Jungle Boy mm-hmm. uh, and Luchasaurus have such an incredible dynamic together. Um, and Noah, I know you're not a big Achievement Hunter fan, but uh, and in Achievement Hunter, they're a YouTube channel that plays video games, and they're also big uh, Jeremy Dooley, big wrestling fan. Uh, invited AEW to come play games with them on their channel. And Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, Marco Stunt, Sammy Guevara, the librarians, and I feel like I'm missing someone, um, all showed up. Oh, and Hangman, Hangman Adam Page, all showed up. And they told all these stories about how, you know, they destroy shit in their office and they hit Luchasaurus in the head with a giant ball and they all feared for their lives. Uh, So, (laughs) and it was Marco who did it. So it was none of them who uh, actually hurt him, but um they're just so much fun to watch and now i see them in multiple aspects of my entertainment so um i just hope they stick around they're so much fun to watch definitely and one thing i will say about luchasaurus his kicks are unreal you can compare him to alistair black easily easily like and my my favorite thing about luchasaurus's kicks are they just come out of nowhere like he'll be he won't be standing like whenever we see someone kick they have to like get ready for it like you know you're a wrestling fan yeah he just like he's just standing there and all of a sudden just bop and like just kicks yep. someone across the head and it's like dude it always sounds so good exactly I'm like how like where did that come from <laughs> like it's just like he just he just snaps and suddenly he can just move his leg in any direction he wants and it always looks yep. amazing uh, so yeah it's a great match love seeing Luchasaurus we spent a lot of time on Jurassic Express so yes, let's hop did. into the next match rightfully so let's hop into the next match here where we got to see Pac take on the Butcher. Uh, Alex uh, Marvez caught up with Kenny Omega and Don Callis at an undisclosed location before this match took place. The AW World Champion criticized Ray Fenix uh, for his injury history and threatened to send him back to Impact Wrestling or Triple N. Yes, I mean especially Impact Wrestling, considering like apparently AW and Tony Khan think that's just like the worst place to be. So, <laughs> if, I if love it. Watching, I just crap about Impact. It's yeah. kind of funny. If you've been watching anything over the last like two three weeks, you just know that for some reason they hate Impact. So, uh, Kenny says, if "You get injured, I get titles." Uh, so obviously spicing up the mood for the next week's bout. Uh, the promo gave way to Phoenix's death triangle teammate, the bastard Pac, battling the Butcher in singles competition. The Blade and the Bunny supported Butcher from ringside as they normally do, while Penta L0M backed up 
Pac. Eddie Kingston joined Tony Schiavone, Jim Rocks, and Excalibur on commentary, and I and I just say the announcers were not thrilled to have someone else sitting next to them. Yeah, no. Not at all. Uh, the big man overpowered Pac and worked him over, somewhat surprisingly dominating the action. Butcher grounded Pac, scoring a picture-perfect gut-wrench suplex during a commercial t- timeout. A beautiful power bomb earned Butcher a two-count, igniting frustration within the bassist uh, that threatened to take his focus off of his opponent. Kingston rose from the commentary position to the enlightenment of all the other three commentators actually saying, <laughs> oh, at least he's now away from the table because he wouldn't answer any of the announcer's questions. Uh, but as Kingston tried to make his way to the ring, he was greeted by Lance Archer, providing a distraction that allowed Pac to recover and rock Butcher with a kick. The Black Arrow followed and Pac scored the win. Archer engaged in a tense stare down with Pac, to end the segment. Tyler, some singles action. What'd you think? Yeah, this was really well done. Uh, I actually didn't go how I thought it was going to go. I thought Butcher was going to win this match. Uh, I think they've been hot lately. Uh, and I thought that somehow um, either the Blade or Eddie were going to get him to win this match. Um, but it was exactly the opposite. Eddie was the reason that he lost the match, causing uh, the Butcher to lose focus and allowing Pac to capitalize, which we, if you've been watching Pac for the, the 10 years that I have, you all know that he is going to capitalize on your mistakes. Uh, and it just takes one of those black arrows more often than not for you to fall uh, to his pinfall. So, I really, really like this match. I this as I've said it week after week after week. This is my favorite storyline. I love everyone that's involved in this storyline, uh, and I just hope they can keep it up because so far so good. Mm, definitely, yeah. No, I love the storyline too. Death Triangle might be my favorite group besides Jurassic Express in AEW at the moment. Yeah, uh, I love Phoenix. I love Penta. I love Pac. I think the three of them mm. are just money, like just straight freaking money. Um, yeah. I enjoy watching the butcher work of the blade. I don't know. They just don't polarize my screen for me. You know how I am. Right. Like, I like, right. like I, I need flashy and color and all this good stuff. And they're just, they're kind of, they're, they're rugged and tough, you know? Um, but they're still great workers. So I'll give them credit where credit's due. So I, I, again, I agree with you. I joined this match a lot. Uh, I loved every bit of it. And speaking of loving every bit of it, there's lots of great content here at Clover Crest Media that you can all enjoy. So please, we're going to take a quick break. Enjoy these ads. I would just like to point out that a few weeks ago, Jace said that Mac Jones was garbage. Hurry up here for Alabama. Play action. Mac Jones wants it all. Long ball man there. Got it. Meshing touchdown. I'm not sold on Mac Jones. In the red zone, Alabama with three minutes and change remaining in the half. Jones fires to the corner. Devontae Smith, touchdown Alabama. Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys to the city. I crossed up by Kobe, well, floated Shaq, and then Shaq goes like this, and the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on, fun. But I didn't make my I didn't make my I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clover Quest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere. Welcome to Ivy League Murders. On this podcast, we focus on cases affiliated with the Ivy League, exploring the darker side of higher education. 
What happens when genius becomes evil? My name is Sarah Alcorn. I'm a Harvard graduate, and I've been a private investigator since 1999. Join me and longtime crime diva, Laura McDonald, for Ivy League Murders. Looking for a casual baseball podcast to listen to? Well, Baseball with the Bard, presented by Clovercrest Media, has just what you're looking for. Tyler Bard and Noah Cross cover a wide range of happenings in the MLB and then dive into a deep focus on the Red Sox and Yankees. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for your weekly dose of Baseball with the Bard. HHW Show Podcast returns January 5th with a new season, Road to the Royal Rumble. Hector, Frank, Jason, Ovi will be on the set with the latest news and takeaways. Follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and you can listen wherever you listen to your favorite podcast app. Those are just some of the incredible podcasts you can find on Clovercrest. But don't forget that you can uh, find some more content for us over on Twitch. Uh, Noah and I are streaming our podcast on Twitch now, and it is on the uh, account TBARD5195. TBARD5195. We've reached affiliate now. We are growing and growing. Just last night, I hit 81 followers. So thank you all so much for that. We are going to continue doing content. And after the show today, at around 3 to 4 o'clock, I will be streaming Dead by Daylight, a video game with uh, some of our viewers you've seen in chat before, Courtney, Joseph, and Megan. So you can join us there to get some more content. But for now, we're talking AEW, Noah. Yes, sir. We are talking AEW wrestling. Uh, there was a quick segment that happened with Kip Sabian, Penelope Ford, and Miro. They announced a wedding date. Tyler, How exciting! We didn't even get saved the dates in the mail yet. And well, well, it says just... you are cordially invited. We're all invited. All right, whatever. I was hoping for something <laughs> a little more formal. Uh, Tony Schiavone joined Miro, uh, Kip Sabian, and Penelope Ford for the announcement of the latter's wedding date. After teasing an appearance by best friends, Miro threw the uh, the footage from out behind the arena, where an ambulance took a clearly injured Trent away. Afterward, the heels revealed the wedding will take place February 3rd at Beach Break. Uh, I think we're we're good with coverage on that one. I think we've covered just about as much as we need. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Let's get back to the matches here. Uh, did you see my message there? Did you want to take this one? Do you want me to take this one up to you? Oh, Stuart? sure. I can All take right. this one. I will take this. And then I figure the other ones are the ones that's short after this. So you can take the last two. So let's go in here Perfect. and talk about the Dark Order's Evil Uno versus Dustin Rhodes. Um this is the matchup that we've been talking about for a while now that we're very, we were confused when it first started, but it's all mm-hmm. coming together now. Um, and after this week, it looks like it is not over yet. Uh, as Dustin was entering the ring, Evil Uno slapped the taste right out of Dustin's mouth. Uh, none of us were expecting that, said Tony Schiavone. Dustin retaliated with repeated shots to Uno's head. Uno caught Dustin with a drop kick and then rammed him into the steel guardrail. Once they returned to the ring, Dustin started stomping away at Uno, uh, taking exception to Uno's seven comment from last week. The momentum shifted again, though, as Evil Uno launched himself and landed with a senton atomico onto Dustin for a two count. 
Evil Uno would then smash Dustin on the crown of his head with a pile driver. Dustin would, though, kick out at two. Uh, these two guys have pushed each other to their limits, noted Shivani, when Uno would uh, snap off a kick at Dustin, but Dustin followed up with the running bulldog, which ultimately was what happened for a pinfall. After the match, though, Stu, Grace, Stu Grayson would blindside Dustin Rhodes. He hit Dustin with a nightfall backbreaker, and QT Marshall ran in to aid Dustin with Lee Johnson. On uh, Uno not, uh, rocked Marshall with a wicked right hand, uh, and Lee Johnson nailed Grayson and Uno with a springboard dropkick. After that dropkick, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson would retreat to the back, being defeated by the Nightmare family. Um Match went a little quicker than I uh, would have liked to see for these two. I know they're both capable of really putting on a show in the ring. Um, so was a little disappointed in the length of this match. But I think they got their point across um, that Dustin is definitely not joining the Dark Order. Uh, and that these guys are out for blood. They are uh, these two families, the Dark Order and the Nightmare family, are going to fight for a while. Definitely. And yeah, I agree with the uh, the time here. You and I didn't know before the show started and when we were just chatting before we went on air, how uh, we felt that there was a lot of matches on the show. But yeah. I feel that they tried to keep the time down on each match at least. Or, yeah, they rushed I, I, they I feel like this, this match felt kind of rushed in the sense of they might have realized, oh, we have too much on this um but i mean in the end i think it delivered to the story though it got the point across yeah, sure. so like it's a problem uh but like you said maybe in the future we might get a bigger match between these two or maybe dustin has to pick a partner and take on a combination yeah, it's be and someone else. versus uno and Stu. yeah uh, dude if you thought this match was quick dear lord oh yeah yeah they, <laughs> as we always discuss the women's action on, on dynamite doesn't usually get a good amount of time here uh, they are constantly leading up to uh, like the men's division yes there's a lot more talent right there's a lot more people i should say uh but the women's division only centers around the idea that Sheeta is going to be taking on abaddon at some point in our lives right maybe in the next month next week who knows uh but we had well, we did they did they say when they're gonna fight? Yeah, you'll see. Well, well I'll okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. glorious. Uh, Hikaru Shida versus Alex Garcia was the match. Uh, AW Women's Champion Hikaru Shida shook off a cheap shot and attempted um, a attack by Abaddon in time to battle Alex Garcia in non-title action. Shida dominated the action before becoming distracted by her top contender. She attacked Abaddon, dragging her over the guardrail and uh, plumbing plummeting her to the um, end of the mat. Uh, can I just say the knee that she had delivered to Abaddon didn't even like grace her. Like cause I, she... I, it was so cringy. This whole segment <laughs> was, was just hard to watch. Honestly, literally hard to watch. Cause she like ran towards her. Abaddon was the other side where the fans would be. She had ran towards her to like knee her in the face or in the gut, but she had just need the guardrail. And then Abaddon sold it. Like she just got shot. <laughs> like literally I was like, what, what is this? Uh, she returned to the ring as in Sheeta after attacking Abaddon. Uh, in time to defeat Garcia, almost being counted out, before returning her attention to Abaddon on the floor. The dangerous potential challenger rose from unconsciousness, as she's done in the past, and attacked Sheeta, culminating with a sickening bite that broke skin on the champion's neck. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Abaddon uh, Dracula-style bit Sheeta's neck, and there was blood everywhere. 
it's stupid. I'm sorry. This, I swear this to God, if about. next, if if on the next show, Abaddon wins because Hikaru Shida turns into a zombie, <laughs> um, I can't get behind it. AEW, <laughs> I, that is a storyline I can't get behind. And the only way, the only way they get away with this is if when they merge with uh, Impact, all of their undead characters become a faction. So all like Rosemary and all the undead characters become like uh what what was the uh back in like the nineties, what the hell were they called? The brood, where it was oh. like all these like undead vampires and like they could do something like that. And I'd be okay with it. I wouldn't love it, but if they're making this an angle where we're gonna have a bunch of different undead characters like that everyone's fearful of. Ah maybe <laughs> I can let it go. But it did finally set up this night one New yes. Year's Smash Hikaru Shida versus Abaddon for the AEW Women's World Championship. So they do finally have a match. And I swear to God, if they turn Hikaru Shida into a damn zombie, Noah. What, what if what if Shida wins? I'd be shocked. Um, I think she can definitely win. But maybe after she wins is when the transformation begins and she joins the dark side of zombie people and they infect the AEW roster. Oh, Lord. I know. I every, yeah. I hate every ounce of it, to be completely honest. This is the stuff I, <laughs> this is the stuff I, I, well, this is what I was saying last week when we had Kyle yeah. on and you were, you guys were like, yeah, you know, I kind of like the dark stuff. And you know, like Kyle is a big fan of the fiend. I thought the fiend was great in the beginning. I mean, WWE stuff, obviously, we're talking, but. I'm not right. a big fan now. It's the same kind of uh, same kind of thing with Abaddon. It's like, all right. This is a cool character. I wonder where they're gonna go. And they just went on this direction that I'm just like, what the hell am I watching? Like right. he went over and like, all right. Now, I, granted, Mike Tyson did bite someone's ear. Okay, yeah. like that and was real. Too. That was real life. Okay, right. that that's like, all right, whatever. He's a psychopath. Um, but is that gonna be her thing? Like she just kills people? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, how do you explain that? Is, is, is she to not listen? If she doesn't show up next week with like fake stitches or bite marks, it's yeah, like she better. She she has to. I mean, they show they had there were pictures on AEW's Facebook page uh, of her getting medical treatment. Um, hmm. So we assume that's going to happen. And OV makes a point. I, I said it right as he commented it that it sounds like WWE Shayna versus Becky, except Shayna Baszler is not a zombie. Uh, so it made less sense that Shayna yeah. Baszler was biting someone. And the, here's the thing, though. She did that once. Like, this isn't the first time we've seen Abaddon with blood dripping out of her mouth. Like, is that is right. that going to become a thing? And if it is, I don't, I think murderous. it's stupid. I think it's yeah. stupid. I, I mean, we've tried murderous angles in, like, WWE before, like when Wade Barrett threw Randy Orton down a flight of stairs. Uh, and, yeah, you know. talk about how Randy Orton threw Rey, Rey Mysterio off a building at, at Money in the Bank. Oh, and Aleister Black. And, and then Aleister they were Black. on Raw the next night. And they were just fine. Yeah. <laughs> They're fine. Or, or or that time that, that Randy Orton lit the fiend on fire. Oh, wait, that was last week. Oh, yeah. weird. Yeah. Um, so, so basically, Sheeta can just show up on Wednesday and everything's going to be fine. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I hope so. That's God. what's going to happen. So with that being said, let's jump into the main event here. Very excited for this one. Uh, we got to see the Young Bucks take on um, the acclaimed here. The brash, arrogant, cocky, and supremely talent talented young duo of Anthony Bowens and Max Caster challenge AEW Tag Team Champions, the Young Bucks, in the night's main event for the Young Bucks AEW World Tag Team Championships. 
Early on, they looked like a largely inexperienced team, struggling to find their footing as Matt and Nick Jackson outclassed and outwrestled them. The acclaimed finally wrestled control of the bout away from its opponents, dropping Nick back first onto the apron to do so. Back from the commercial break, the challengers continue their success. Working over Nick, the dynamic brother fought from underneath and made the hot tag to Matt, who exploded into the match uh, and dropped the challengers with a double DDT. The Bucks dominated late until Caster sent Matt over the barricade and into the stands. A suplex into a crossbody by Bowens led to a near fall broken up with uh, no time to spare by Matt. Can I just say the close counts in this match were unbelievable. Like, Yeah, they did a good job with that. There were so many two counts where even Matt Jackson was just like, wait. Oh, okay. It was two. Like, it was really good. Um, A ref bump occurred and Bowens rocked Nick with a boom box to the face. Now, this ref bump... um, when I just saw when Bowens was watching the ref and he saw him go down, like I saw the look in Bowens' eyes. And as the marquee wrestling fan I am, I just kept saying out loud in my living room by myself, hit him in the dick. Like I knew that <laughs> Bowens was going to go for the low blow. I'm not kidding. I just kept saying, hit him in the dick, hit him in the dick. And I knew Bowens was going to go for the low blow. And I felt like it added to it. However, the ref I came from coming out of the back was a little too quick. Like I feel yeah. like this match, if this match had maybe five more minutes. I feel like it could have been great, like absolutely over the top. Um, Matt Power, I'm sorry. Uh, a second referee arrived and counted to two before Nick kicked out. And that was the part I'm talking about. I just feel it. If, if there was even like a, well, a little, couple more seconds for that ref to come out, I just felt like it was too quick. Uh, Matt Power bombed Bowens through a table and back inside the champs delivered the BTE trigger for the easy win at the end there uh so great match i loved it and you heard my criticisms of a couple spots but tyler what do you think uh i thought it was a very very decently done match um i i thought there would be a uh a more vibe of a feel that acclaimed could actually do this win the whole Mm -hmm. time it felt like the bucks are going to win this match um so they put on good spots though um and noah i just quick rant Quick rant really quick. Um, in the middle of that, I don't know if you got the notification that I did in the middle of reading that um, that notion, but the video we played in the beginning for uh, our, our friend, Mr. Brody Lee, uh, who passed away, uh, is being copyright claimed by AEW. Oh, uh, so, AEW, we just ask, uh, could you not uh, claim everything that we try to use to promote you? Uh, it's unfortunate. Every time we've played a, a video on our podcast here for you all, uh, we have been copyright claimed. Uh, so we are going to obviously dispute it because we made it. Uh, and this time we know we made it. Uh, so AW, we're trying to work with you, please. We've reached out. Let's, uh, let's work together to make your content greater because I, we literally aired that. What, how long ago, 40 minutes ago. And we got a copyright claim. Uh, so let's work together. AW, cause we were trying to make good content for you. <laughs> I don't know what to say about it. No, I think we just got to stop putting videos out. That's yeah, I think we all today with that, but it's whatever. Um, so, yeah, what would you think of the main event? Uh, yeah, again, it was just unfortunate the way that I just felt that they were uh, always going to win. Always, it felt like the Young Bucks were going to win this match. I really didn't think the Acclaimed had much of a chance. Uh, and I honestly would have been very shocked if they did win, but that's what makes good television. Uh, mm-hmm. So that would have been a moment where I would have absolutely popped. So um, good match. I'd give it a three. 
Fair enough. Uh, yeah, as I said, good match. It was overall a good show. Uh, as we always do, Tyler, out of five, because we're marquee wrestling fans, what would you give the entire show? I'd give it like a three, maybe a three and a half. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, it just nothing special for mm-hmm. a holiday special. They didn't. It was pre-recorded too, I believe, um, which is kind of a bummer because usually on pre-recorded shows you can do more stuff. Um, but mm-hmm. we'll see. Hopefully, the next two uh, big shows can can pick up the slack a little bit. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. So I'm excited for that. Uh, see where next week goes. And speaking of next week, we have a preview for the 1230 New Year's Smash night number one. As we saw there, we have a Jake Hager versus Wardlow. As we mentioned before, there'll be some women's action. Where we'll get to see the AW Women's World Championship match between Hikaru Shida and Abaddon, which we mentioned before. Uh, we'll get to see John Moxley make his return to the ring. That'll be exciting. I'm looking forward to see what's in store with and for John Moxley. And then, as I said earlier in the show, I am greatly looking forward to the AEW World Championship match between Kenny Omega and Ray Phoenix. Oh, boy, am I excited for this bout here to see these two absolutely tear the ring apart. So with that being said... If you love podcasts, visit clovercrestmedia.com for a wide selection of great shows covering sports, business, relationships, pop culture, politics, and true crime. There are over 28 shows on the hashtag CMG Network, and if you don't find one you like, start one of your own. We can help you launch your podcast for as little as $15 a month. Clovercrestmedia.com is the website to visit. Make sure you check it out and tell your friends about it. You can visit Clovercrestmedia.com and click on the link for the latest on your favorite CMG Sports podcasts, as well as blogs, videos, and latest information. And with that being said, I'm Noah Cross. That was Tyler Bard. And we thank you so much for joining us for Crossum Wrestling Entertainment. Listening to the Crossum Wrestling Entertainment Podcast.